Welcome into the Car Chronicle podcast. Mike Rutherford here with uh, Car Chronicle Deputy Editor Keith Wynn. Um, and look, we're going to show you how much we love you in this podcast. It's, uh, I, I mean, we're going to talk about Louisville Syracuse. And have you ever been? I know Keith watches every game in the world, so I'm sure he, this has happened to him. But like, if you've ever been flipping through the channels on a weeknight or maybe even on a Saturday or whatever, and you see that like Duke versus Wake Forest or like USF Tulsa. Some game where the teams have a combined two wins, and it's late in the year, is the only game to watch. You're like, how the fuck is Duke-Tulsa the only option on TV right now? We get to be one of those games on Friday. Like We get to be the the game that everybody across the country is a little bit mad at. It's Louisville versus Syracuse. It's a game where a Louisville team that just lost its best player to opting out, that has been dealing with COVID issues, that has won one conference game, is nearly a three-touchdown favorite in which should tell you all you need to know about Syracuse, but we're going to tell you much, much more. Uh, Keith, scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for this? I mean, even me as somebody who loves watching football, it's hard to get more than like a 3 or 4. <laughs> it's, it's bad. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because it's Friday night, and I get to watch football all day early, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, even I'm like, man, I, it's, it's, it's tough to get really hyped up for this one. It's legit the only big draw about this game, at least for me, is that – Friday night, I've got an excuse. We're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make wings. I'm gonna get to drink a little bit earlier than I normally would on a Friday. Um, Louisville's probably gonna score a lot of points, or at least they should score a lot of points because this is kind of what we do against Syracuse. But outside of that, man, it's, it's tough to really get up for this game. And Louisville Syracuse is a weird series because since the Cards joined the ACC, and even if you want to go back to the Big East, we've pretty much just, you know, whipped their ass more times than not, and that's been especially true in the ACC. If you look back, you take out the, the the disastrous 2018 season, which even in that game we scored 23 points. Uh, we gave up 54, but whatever, we scored 23. That was a, uh, a a good thing for that team. But the last the games that we played against them in the ACC, we've won 56-34, 56-10, 62-28, 41-17, and 28-6. to uh, I mean, it's just been ass kicking after ass kicking. But the weird thing about this Louisville Syracuse series is, as much as we've dominated it. They've kind of been there at some of our lowest of lows too. Like the, they ruined our perfect season in 2012 with the the Ryan Nassib deal where he lit us up, and we had kind of the embarrassing story where we made up the uh, the quote that he said in a cardboard cutout, and they found it after the game. And then when I say worst football game you've ever watched, a lot of people always bring up the same game, and it was November 14th, 2009. Keith, are you familiar with this game? I am familiar with that game. So ten to nine, <laughs> Louisville. It was uh, it was almost exact. We're almost. Uh, I guess we just missed the eleven year anniversary of this game. It was November fourteenth, two thousand nine. Louisville won ten to nine. The only touchdown was a Josh Chichester uh, simple fade, which was about as inventive as we got on offense back in those days. And we won on a missed extra point by Syracuse. It was the worst game I've ever seen. And sort of as because we're trying to be positive here, we're trying to get people. I don't know, feeling a little bit better about things right now. And so I thought to start the podcast off, to make you feel better about where we are right now, we take a little bit of a trip back in time to 2009. When things were worse, we had Steve Craigthorpe as a head coach. He was a lame duck head coach. We knew it was bad. We knew it wasn't getting better anytime soon. And full disclosure, I tried to, to I wanted to read the, the preview post that I always do. I've always had the same format. Apparently, I was so mad that I didn't even write one for this game. <laughs> Going through the Card Chronicle archives, I've realized I'm kind of like a reverse Benjamin Button. I was way more of a salty old man when I was like 24 years old. Like every post I have for this entire week is like, 
fuck this game. Like, 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 it's like, this is hilarious. Like, I'm just, I'm refusing to give it any sort of attention. But I thought it would be fun to go back and look at some of my tweets from the middle of the game back in, in 09. And I checked, you actually, you were not on Twitter back in 2009, so I couldn't do this for you. You didn't start until 2011. But I promise, I, I, I looked, I did the specific search. I found my tweets from this day. And I swear on everything. I have not looked ahead. I only saw the very first tweet that I sent during the game. And it was enough of a, a nudge in the right direction to say, let's do this. So um, are you ready to to, re- to hear? And this was a different time. 09 was a little bit crazier. I might not be able to read all these. But are you ready to, uh, to, to go through the in-game mind of Mike Rutherford back on November 14, 2009? I'm genuinely excited about this because I've read some of your preview posts from back then. And you were literally an angry motherfucker. <laughs> so I'm really excited about this. Yeah, the one that I found from the the Arkansas State game in 2009 on Halloween, where I'm just like, fuck this. I'm like, I'm like nothing. Like, I'm not excited about anything. Like, who cares? That was a, a kind of telling. I forgot about how angry I used to be, but maybe I need to bring it back. I think I've genuinely gotten happier as the years have gone on. So this is the very first tweet that I sent uh, during this game. And I'd forgotten that this actually happened. This was a legitimate thing that happened. The tweet is, quote... Steins at receiver? I'm serious. Steve Cragthorpe has lost his fucking mind. <laughs> Do you remember that? We played, we said, he said all three quarterbacks that had played onto the field for the very first play. Like we had uh, like Justin Burke and, and whoever else was the guy. And like Will Stein, they split him out wide and we ran a simple draw play. It was basically like he'd read all the jokes that we'd been making like the, the last two weeks, knew he was going to get fired and was like, all right, fuck you guys. I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> So that's how the game started. <laughs> now, these are the ones that I haven't seen. So I'm going to have to, I swear I'm not skipping over anything at least yet. Uh, this is my next tweet. If the first series of the game tells me anything, it's that we're trying to lose. <laughs> <laughs> my next tweet, which comes five minutes later, says, and I've already lost interest. <laughs> Um, get a little bit more positive um, t- 10 minutes later. Chris Campa really is a bad man. Remember that Chris Campa was sort of a forgotten player. He was kind of a badass. He had like um, 120 tackles or something like that. He was really good that year. He laid out Greg Paulus in this game, and I only know that because I saw the picture that I, I posted in one of the stories when I was trying to find something for this podcast, uh, which is also a hilarious element of this. The guy who was the quarterback in maybe the worst game we've ever been a part of wound up being our assistant basketball coach after our head coach, our Hall of Fame head coach, got fired a month earlier. Um, the tangled web this series weaves um my next quote is syracuse formula for victory don't throw there you go that's that's pretty solid uh moving on a little bit of foreshadowing here i said chai chester still on the team apparently (laughs) uh not backing down here um apparently i'm making fun of mac brown i cannot read one that i i've i tweeted right before that um I, apparently this is when I started using the hashtag things that would make this game watchable. And my first uh, installment was Steve Craigthorpe fired while on fire. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, we move on to a, a height joke in the next one. Chichester's being covered by Kent DeSormo and we still don't throw it to him. <laughs> Kent DeSormo, for those unaware, is a jockey. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um Next, uh, I go back to the hashtag here. It's a, com- a completed pass. Hashtag things that would make this game watchable. Uh, we're tackling these phenomenons at the height of their popularity. Next next uh, tweet. Serious question. What needs to happen for this to get some hype as the worst football game ever played? Who would have thought 11 years, <laughs> 11 years later that we'd be there? 
Um, next tweet. Lots of scuffling. These guys are fully aware of what's at stake. Uh, apparently, I was using the hashtag battle for the bottom all week long, I guess, to hype this game. Um, next next tweet. Stop the timeouts. Just let this end. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is in the first half. This, this, yeah, this, this, is, not a, this is not a fourth quarter tweet. Uh, moving right along. More likely to happen before the half. Atomic bomb detonated in North America or points scored. <laughs> oh, and then I, I think I get genuinely upset moving lo- uh, along here. Next uh, tweet is just simply, God, this is miserable. Um, I can't read that one. Um, I'm not going to read that one. Um, at halftime, I guess we're at half now. I tweet, not sure what's being said in the locker room right now, but in my mind, it's nothing because the players have all decided to go home. Um, <laughs> my God, this is, this is already making me feel better about Friday, honestly. Um, second half starts and my tweet is, here we go. Install some sort of buckling device in your couch and strap in. Um, and then the, the, the tweet immediately following that is officially cheering for the clock. Um, <laughs> oh, my Please God. Please give us a running clock. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Points on the line. The crowd inches forward with anticipation. A nation looks on from their homes. And then uh, simply after that is just put in the fours. Uh, then I tweet Scott Long hurt. What is, quote, the only thing that can make this afternoon worse? Uh, apparently he was getting carted off. I'm upset about that. Um, oh, my God. This is just bad. Uh, it's three to three now. Uh, the play of the season was wiped out by a bullshit call. I'm not even that upset. I don't even remember what that was. We, apparently, we had a really good play. I feel like I kind of remember a big-time catch. I don't remember who it was, but it got wiped out by a bad call. I, I don't know. Um, next tweet, crag me to hell. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that one. <laughs> let's see. Uh, apparently, they announced during the broadcast that we could have a chance to have the lowest-scoring Big East game ever. And I just tweeted in all caps, yes, sole possession of lowest scoring Biggie's game ever is still on the table. And then another foreshadowing, I, I'm actually kind of impressed with this. A Louisville missed extra point to end regulation is inevitable, is actually <laughs> my tweet there. Um, I'm excited about Trent Guy. He did something. Uh, I, then I, my next tweet is just simply no in all caps. Uh, <laughs> and, and unbelievable, just unbelievable. Feeling pretty good. Um, the Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> okay at uh where are we even at this game at 307 so we're getting to the end here i promise my tweet was yep the liberty mutual play of the game was a negative one yard punt return <laughs> <laughs> that oh. is perfect that's absolutely perfect oh my god uh right after that remember when we fired our oc because we were only like 13th in the nation in scoring yeah we haven't scored a touchdown in nine quarters <laughs> Um, after that, apparently we score. My tweet is all caps. Louisville is winning a football game right after that. It's taken two years to figure out that we have a freakishly tall wide receiver. Um, and then I just start uh, tweeting BCS over and over and over with uh, exclamation points. Um, and then the the mood quickly is tempered with a Jesus Christ guys tweet. Um, Cragthorpe versus Paulus, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object uh, is my next tweet. And then I think this is the end of the game. Interception, game over. Louisville wins a Big East game for the first time in 13 months. Eat shit, Devendorf. <laughs> and then I wrap it up. The, the final tweet for this game is Sugar or Fiesta? That's the only question now. There you go. That was 
That makes, I mean, I, I legitimately feel better about where we are right now and about watching Friday night's game after going through that. That was, it was kind of funny. It was actually just more sad than anything else. I'm just, I feel I'm, bad for that much. I'm amazed that you kept watching the game, that that awful game. Like I, I'm sure at some point, I, I'm hopeful that I, even I turn it off. But I'm amazed that you watched it and still kept up with it because that's that that takes a lot because they were so bad. I vaguely remember like sitting on the couch at my parents' house with my dad watching the game and and thinking that like the jokes on Twitter were the only thing making it tolerable. Like like my dad was next to me and like he's he's fuming. He can't do this. He can't take it anymore. Like he's about to just you know storm out of the house. And I'm just giggling like a little girl because like, the tweets that were happening right now. Uh, but it did make me feel good. But I, I don't know. I mean, is there any one memory that you have from the series with Syracuse that stands out above above the rest? You know, not really. I mean, the, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's weird. Like, one of my fun times, and, like, it was a good game when the, the Lamar Leap moment. Yeah. I was actually watching that game with uh, with, with Jason Anderson. I just met him for the first time, and and literally when that moment happened, we both just kind of looked at each other and said, "Yeah, that's his Heisman moment," and it was really kind of cool. Just like that, that was a fun game, and like I, the 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 Petrino years weren't always fun to me. Like I I was you know partially because I hated Petrino, but I never felt like Louisville <laughs> kind of got to the point where they were supposed to be. But like that was really just kind of a cool moment because it was a moment that I think I realized that I was like, "Yeah, he's he's literally." like at a different level than I expected, like ever thought a Louisville player would be. And so I thought that was real. That was always like a really cool moment. And it just also kind of highlights how dominant Louisville has been over Syracuse in this series since doing ACC, even though Syracuse has had some good moments, like they, they, they nearly beat Clemson and they always seem to do like, you know, kind of have these good games and they've never really been able to pull it off against Louisville. So, uh, but that yeah, that moment was like I don't know, just a really cool moment of just kind of that initial like holy crap, Lamar Jackson is kind of freakish. Yeah, I mean, but he scored I think three touchdowns on his first four plays of that game, and that was kind of when like I knew Syracuse defense was bad, but that was when you sort of realized that the Music City Bowl last year and the Week One game against Charlotte weren't flukes. Like this guy was going to be even if he didn't piece it all together, even if we weren't saying like he's definitely going to win the Heisman or he should be a Heisman <laughs> frontrunner, you knew he was going to be exciting. Um, it's funny, you say you watched with Jason Anderson, uh, his arch nemesis, John Ramsey from back in the day. Uh, <laughs> so that morning, and John did this all the time, but he would be like, Tom invited me to the game. I'm going to go to Syracuse. Do you want to go? And I'm like, I can't just like up and leave like with an hour's notice. We'd just gotten a dog. Um, I had to do the radio <laughs> show. Like like one of us had to at least do the show. And and I'm not trying to bag on Like People are always like, what, what do you think about John? I love John Ramsey. Like, I love him. Uh, good guy. But like, we, I, remember I did the show, and he did. He was like, "I'll do a live hit from from Syracuse when I'm up there with the team." So we did the live hit. He's talking from the bar. He doesn't realize he's still on air, and he's like, he's like, uh, to his. I think he ended up taking his brother because I couldn't go. And he's like, "You wanna go grab a beer? Hey, hey, John, let's go grab a beer right now." I'm like, "John, you're still on. You're like, we have we haven't cut you off just yet." But so I had a chance to be there for that game. Watch the Lamar leap up front. John ended up being like right in front of it, where he's. And instead, I was watching it while I'm like trying to scurry this one-week-old puppy in and out. Uh, from being. It was just a completely different experience. But I mean, that's probably it. Outside of the 2009 retrospective that we just did, I feel like the sig- like the signature moment in the series is probably that 2018 game. But there've been a couple others. Like now that I think about it, like we mentioned Ryan Nassib ruining that perfect season in 2012. Also, if you remember in 2005. 
they, Brian Brom got hurt. Um, and, and we were still in the mix for the Big East title at that point. And that was when Hunter Cantwell had to take over for good and end the season. Um, so they've been like, they've been a part of a bunch of weird memories over the years. But more times than not, we've just kicked the shit out of them, which which feels pretty good. Um, but let's talk about this week's game. It's a Friday night kickoff. We are going to be on national TV. Like we mentioned earlier, Louisville is a 2019-point favorite. And the big thing, I know you mentioned this earlier this week when they put out their depth chart, is it's staggering when you look at it how many freshmen are going to see the field for them on Friday. Oh, it's insane. Like, I, I knew they were – I knew they'd had a lot of injury issues and they had opt-out issues. So before the season even started, their top two running backs opted out. Um, then their the guy they put in to replace him, to replace those guys, I think he got injured after three games. So they've been starting a true freshman running back who's been playing pretty well, but I mean, you know, not really, uh, you know, all out, just unbelievable player. And like behind him is like a guy that I think was a former walk-on and, you know, like their offensive line is actually like on offense is the only position that they've really had consistency because they've had quarterback issues. They're starting a true freshman quarterback. This is going to be his second start. I think he's a he's an OK player, but he's definitely not a guy that you want as a true freshman to be playing for. He didn't have any other power five or I don't think he even had any other FBS offers outside of Syracuse. You know, but he's he's, you know, big kid can move a little bit and you know, look comfortable, but he's definitely not going to light the world on fire. So you look at their offense, and, I mean, they just don't have a lot of guys. And then they've had to suspend their best receiver for, I think he cussed out one of the quarterbacks or something like that. He, he kind of has, has a little bit of a – he's, like, kind of a hothead. So you've got, like, just all kinds of issues on offense. And then you go on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, honestly, the best way I can really put it is outside of their – three starting defensive linemen and one of their cornerbacks, everyone else we're going to see is either going to be a freshman, a true freshman, a redshirt freshman, or a true sophomore. That's it out of their entire depth chart. So they're playing every, they're just playing a bunch of young guys because they've had just ridiculous amounts of injuries. Andre Cisco's all American. He's opted out because he, uh, he hurt his knee in a weird pre pregame. Like he ran into a guy in the pregame or something like that and hurt his knee and, Trill Williams, who has one of the best names in the country, he's out. He opted out two weeks ago. I mean, it's just it's 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 it is staggering is is a perfect word for it because it's just it, it just catches you off guard. You expect a freshman here or there, but their entire secondary pretty much is all freshmen. Um, and and then on the opposite side of the ball, you know, they're starting a true freshman quarterback too. So uh, a lot of young guys, not a lot of exciting young guys, though, which is which is the issue, obviously. The only good thing, like if you're just a impartial observer wanting to watch a good game, or I mean, if you're a, a fan of these teams wanting to watch a good game, is that with them playing so many young guys, and we're gonna play a decent amount of young guys too. I mean, we've had, um, you know, we didn't even talk about the JV Hawkins opting out for the rest of the year and uh, choosing to go pro, but we've had a, a bunch of you know guys who weren't playing big roles who haven't seen the field announced that they're entering the transfer portal this week because I think they saw that their reps were going to younger guys. But the good thing about that happening on both sides of the ball is at least they're going to care. Like they're going to be out there. They're going to be playing hard. It's not going to be because on paper, these two teams have basically zero to play for. It's late in the season. Their best players are, are sitting out on both sides. Um, you know, they can't win anything meaningful. They're already bowl eligible though. We will say that both teams are, are, are technically bowl eligible, but like I, I, I did kind of get concerned, like just as somebody who wants to watch a good game and who wants to see the program continue to take steps forward, even if they're, 
minuscule at this point. I, it, you know, like I got kind of worried that it was just going to be two teams that didn't want to be there, and you know maybe they would just quit at halftime or something like that, or just go through the motions. But playing those young guys who, who want to secure playing time for themselves down the line and who want to, you know, j- just see the field, like. If nothing else, that guarantees that you're going to still see some, you know, pads popping and and guys running around the field, and that's, you know, that's it, it's something, Keith. It is, and I I do think from Louisville standpoint, they do have some some veteran guys that are going to be looking to at least get more good tape out there. I mean, you've got some seniors who have aspirations of playing in the NFL, sure, and you can't go out there and 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 you know slack off and loaf around or you're just putting out more bad film. And, and, you know, so hopefully some of those guys, you know, you look at the, especially on defense, you've got guys like CJ Avery and Dorian Etheridge and Jared Goldwire, who are three guys who I'm sure are, are, are envisioning themselves as draft picks um, or at least guys that can get a, a contract. You know, they're going to, I expect those guys to play hard, but I, but you're hundred percent right. When you got the guys that are young, that are hungry, that are getting their first time to play or, or, or a chance to put themselves in the driver's seat of getting a starting job next year, they're going to go out there and play hard. Uh, they want to show out and they, they want to show the coaches what they can do. And I think we'll see, um, I'm hoping we see some of the other positions where we haven't seen as many young guys, offensive line. We haven't seen some of those young guys, uh, some of the receivers that, that haven't played yet. Uh, hopefully we see some of those guys out there also because you know, it is an opportunity to get these guys real game experience. Uh, and, you know, you know, that, that does come at expense of some of the veteran guys who, like you said, who, who saw their snaps going away. Um, but it, it, at the end of the day, those veteran guys that weren't going to play next year, uh, I think that they're, some of those guys are kind of just getting ahead of the, the, the curve here. Um, we saw that with uh, Day Williams last year, who just knew that he wasn't going to see the field and decided to kind of, get a head start on things. And, you know, I, I think it's great for those guys to hopefully find a better spot because I think some of those guys actually do have talent. They just don't really fit what they're doing here. Uh, specifically a guy like Trinell Troutman, who the coaches love, who's a special team stud, but just didn't have a spot. They tried him at three different positions and then just nothing really worked for him in this scheme. So hopefully those guys are getting a head start and, and going to find somewhere else they can play, which I, I think is good. Yeah, I did get, we had asked for questions on the last pod and, and a couple of them were held over for this pod. Um, and, and one of the ones that was the most consistent, you sort of answered it right there, but was, you know, should we be concerned about the number of guys that are entering the transfer portal? Like, I mean, Javion Hawkins, if you want to call him a, a defection, technically, yeah, but whatever. I, I think that most Louisville fans, I've been encouraged seeing the reaction on social media. I think most Louisville fans um, are kind of aware that this is the way things are. It's not just a our deal. It's happening across the country and are wishing Javian the best of luck. But, you know, you have seen some guys that have played the, the last couple of years uh, announce that they're going to be going elsewhere. And it makes sense when you see, the like, like you just said, the reps going to younger guys. But is there anything at all concerning about this quote-unquote trend to you? No, not that I've seen. Um, I think that um, kind of like I pointed out, like you, these guys have gotten the opportunity to get out there or to, to get a shot, and it's just not, it's not working. And I think that's the thing, you know, usually it happens more quickly. And Louisville saw their share of, of transfers when the staff changeover was made. But typically you would see it after a year one or maybe after that initial spring practice or something like that. But I think some of these guys really did have a chance to see the field more. And it just didn't really work out where they can consistently do what this, will do what they're supposed to do in this offense or this defense. 
I think they're going to have opportunities to play somewhere else. They're not bad football players. I think that Thurman Gathers can go somewhere and be a good player in a scheme that works for him. Um, I think that Trenton Chapman, you know, is a talented player. He, 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 I was surprised that he didn't play, um, but I do know that they, they just had things that he just couldn't do in the system. And that's, that's just unfortunate. When coaching changes happen, guys just don't always fit. And uh, I think right now what we're seeing is guys that are getting to a point where they realize their, their time is, is getting cut shorter and shorter. And they're not going to be guaranteed to just step into a starting spot next year. Um, you know, a guy like, say, like a guy like Robert Hicks is a is a guy that I was kind of worried coming in this year. Like, man, are they going to find a spot for him? If not, I don't see him being here next year. Well, he's played more and he's he's found a way to get on the field as a backup. And he has a he's in a driver's seat to be a starter next year. If he wasn't, he'd probably be looking for another opportunity because there's only so much time you has a, have as a player. So. I think that needs to be be factored in, and then yeah, they're they're bringing in new guys. They're going to be playing these young guys, you know, going forward next year, and then you know even the freshmen coming in. I don't think the staff's been shy about telling anybody that's willing to listen that they're planning on playing those guys. I mean, they say that openly in the media, and I'm sure they're telling guys that yeah, those guys are going to get a shot to play. So that's just more competition, and you've got to make the decision that is best for you. And I think these guys are making a good decision. Getting back to to this game, um, because when the spread came out, I knew what the reaction. People always have. There, there's never a time when you spread out, and the responses are all like, "That sounds about right." Yeah. Like, <laughs> bet the house on the other guys are like, "That's way too low." Cards definitely are going to cover. And I knew when I saw that that we were we opened as a 19 point favorite against Syracuse, and it was I think it had been bet down to Louisville minus 18. I knew right when I tweeted out like what everybody's response was going to be, and sure enough, it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but like when you look at the numbers, it makes sense. I mean, every single week, it feels like you're watching these Louisville games, and you you feel like your team is the better team, and the scoreboard's not reflecting it. And like you've said so many times, there's a real, real simple explanation for it, and it's that Louisville right now, quite literally, is the worst team in the country when it comes to turnover margin. Nobody has a worse turnover margin in the FBS than Louisville. So that that leads me to this. Is the analysis for this game as simple as if we just don't turn the ball over, we should be okay? Yeah, it's, it's, that simple. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I, I, I've watched Syracuse, I've watched their games. I've watched, uh, um, some highlights of some of these young guys that have played. I watched some of their like high school film to just kind of see like, okay, what, what, you know, these guys have any kind of like ex- exceptional ability that, you know, were overlooked. I mean, which we know that as Louisville fans, there's plenty of guys that you get that three-star kid that, you know, and it's like, man, like, how did these, how did everybody miss out on him? Like, you know, Keytrail Clark is a guy that, you know, stands out to me. You watch his high school film, and it's like, how did everybody not notice this kid could play, you know? So you, you kind of look for that. Maybe there's some 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 there. And no, they, they really just, they're not really looking at a bunch of talented freshmen that they're playing because they're talented. They're just, they kind of have to. Um, and I think that's the thing, like Michael Jones, or I think it's Michael, it might be Michael, but he's a guy that I, that Louisville recruited that I really wanted. He's their starting uh, weak side, you know, linebacker. And that kid is outstanding. He's going to be a star in the ACC. That's, that's just, that's about it though. You know, they don't really have more guys like him and Louisville is just, Louisville's in a position right now and they're in a situation. And hopefully when, when we're done recording, I'm going to finish this post. I'm writing about the turnovers. It is unbelievable how much of a factor Louisville's turnover turnovers are this year 
compared to other years. Uh, Louisville's averaging, since they joined ACC, 24 turnovers a, a, a season. And that's, not, that's actually helped by this year because it's not over yet. And then last year where they only turned the ball over 19 times comparatively. You know, so they, they were up there in the 30s when they had Lamar Jackson. And they could just overcome that. And, and Louisville's just not there. They're not, they're not there. They weren't there last year. They would have been this bad last year if they turned the ball over, over one and a half or two times a game, which is what I think they're averaging right now. They, they were helped more last year because the defense got turnovers. You know, from about four games into the rest of the season, they were pretty good about turning teams over. They're not doing that much this year. Um, Louisville's offense isn't scoring off of the turnovers they get. They've only scored 26 or 27 points this year off of those six turnovers. I mean, it's just, it's it's bad. The turnovers are just such a big factor, and it's hard. You know, I, I, it was funny. I, I tweeted about this the other day, and somebody said, you know, sarcastically, like, oh, it's not that easy. No, don't, don't say that, because nobody wants to hear that. I mean, really, when, when you say, yeah, it's really that simple, Louisville's offense is averaging more yards per play. Uh, they're not scoring as often, partially because they're turning the ball over too much. So you look at those types of things, and, the numbers really show it in the games. I mean, we're watching. You're watching a Virginia game, and it's like, all right, they're down in the red zone. They throw a pick six. I mean, that's that's as bad as it gets. Yeah. And you got Malik with a really nice run when they're trying to come back and get a score, and he just gets the ball taken out of his hands. I mean, that, that and that's happened a couple times. Hassan Hall has had that happen to him. Javian Hawkins had that happen to him. This is uncharacteristic. Um, it's undisciplined, which is which is really surprising. Uh, because you know they don't—they're not getting coached to do these things. They're just not uh, valuing the football, is what I've always said. And, and 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 to me, that's just really surprising. And that's the disappointing part, I guess, for me this season. Losing close games would bother me if they, you know, they played well and hey, the other team just played better. They're kind of giving some of these games away, and, and that's just kind of the disappointing part of the season to me. Last thing that I want to ask you about Syracuse is. I, I think Dino Babers is really cool. I, I like him a lot. That the whenever they have a big win, the celebration in the locker room is is always fun to watch. He seems like a really uh, passionate dude. Is Dino Babers good? Like that's are we sure that he's a good coach? Because people seem to be pretty convinced about it. A couple of years ago, he got tossed around a little bit as a potential hire for Louisville. Do you think that Syracuse is still going to be okay with him running the ship? It's a fair question because I, the big thing that's so surprising me is that the offense isn't very good. I mean, the offense is awful, by the way. It's one of the worst offenses in the Power Five. But they, they, they at least this year you've got some excuses and some reasoning. But last year they had one of the worst offensive lines ever, I mean, ever in the history of college football. And you kind of sit back and it's like, this is that's supposed to be a specialty. Now, their defense not being good isn't surprising. This year, their scheme, I love it. He went out and got exactly what he wanted a 3-3-5 scheme and, you know, had a couple coaches pass on it and had a bunch of stuff, but he got what he wanted. And I think their scheme is going to work. And I think if they're healthy, they'll be fine next year on defense. But the offense not being good and him being an offensive, you know, genius kind of guy, that's 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 the part that really worries you. Um, I think as a coach, when you think about all the other stuff outside of, like, the wins and losses, I think he's great. I think he cares about his players. I think his players like playing for him. I think he's he recruits pretty well for Syracuse. I mean, it's it's Syracuse. So there's that. But if it doesn't translate into at least, hey, you know, he could at least be Ole Miss and be scoring a ton of points. And, you know, people love Lane Kiffin because he's Lane Kiffin. But at least they score points. 
He's not even scoring points. He's giving up too many points, and then you're in Syracuse. So I, <laughs> I, I think he, I think he at least deserves to see what happens next year if they can be healthy and whatnot, and who knows where we're going to be. But I think that's the big thing. But this year, he gets a free pass. I mean, the 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 amount of injuries and opt outs he had, I I kind of gave him a pass on this year. But I, I definitely thought going into the season, like during the summer, I thought that if he didn't win games this year, they might have to make a move because he had, you know, these talented defensive backs. He's got the quarterback, the former four-star that is supposed to be, you know, finally getting to his groove. He had these two talented running backs, but he doesn't have any of those guys right now, like none of them. So how do you really judge him this year? But I think next year he's going to have to show him proof. I love that you made one point by saying, quote, it's Syracuse. And then you made a second <laughs> point by saying, quote, you're in Syracuse. And both I was like, yeah, that's well put. Like, that's, I totally know what you mean. Like, everybody listening understands what you're talking about. That's yeah, a, exactly, right? It's a perfectly valid takedown. It's well done. Uh, we're going to do game predictions. Before we do, we want to remind you guys, uh, this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Homefield Apparel. Um, they're also sponsoring the website. You've got uh, We have the link on Card Chronicle. It's always posted there. If you want the direct link to the Homefield Apparel, uh, Louisville gear that they launched last month. They're still doing the deal where if you buy for the first time from them and you use the promo code Card Chronicle, all one word at checkout, that's going to save you 20% off that first purchase. They've got cool U of L designs. Uh, weather's getting colder here. If you want to get a hoodie, they've got a couple of different hoodie designs that are very soft, uh, fit very well. I've got a couple of their hoodies. I bought them before they started uh, sponsoring us, um, but I need to get even more of their U of L gear. I'm going to make that happen before Christmas time, and I'm going to be using my own promo code when I do it. Uh, again, Card Chronicle, when you check out, it's going to save you 20%. Homefieldapparel.com is the website. They've got cards gear. They've got every college you can think about besides UK, which is awesome uh, gear. So if you want to just you know, make UK fans even more upset that they're not there, buy some of their Indiana stuff. Buy some, you know, Auburn stuff. Buy whatever stuff because you can't buy any Kentucky stuff there. Again, homefieldapparel.com. They're also on social media. Check them out there. Uh, we're big fans, and we thank them for their support. Uh, all right, moving on. Time for the big show. Friday night, Louisville, Syracuse. And I'll before I get your pick, I'm going to preface this because I, I, I'll give it away. I'm going to pick Louisville to win. If they lose this one, I don't I don't care what happens. I, I won't pick them to win either of the last two games. I can't do it. I, I can't look at myself in the mirror if I am wrong about like five straight Louisville games. Um, what's your prediction here? Make me feel better about this, Keith. So, I, so earlier this week, I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm done picking Louisville. Like I can't do it anymore. Like I, 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 like literally the same thought there, but I, but then I watched some Syracuse games and I was like, I, I, I can't do that. Like I, I will do this. I will say it's gonna be closer than it should be, only because like, like for whatever reason, I don't even know why, but I'm gonna say it's closer. I'm gonna go with like twenty-four to fourteen, Louisville. I think we're gonna fucking hammer them, just because I think we're <laughs> capable of winning a close game at this point. Like if it's, if we're up seven or down seven or it's like a three point game, I'm just going to assume that we're gonna turn the ball over three times in the last quarter and and lose going away. So I feel like if we win, it has to be like Florida State. I, I mean Syracuse is bad. I, I I still trust the staff's ability to get the guys who are going to see the field excited to play. Um, I think we still have more difference makers than they do. Um, I think we win going away. I'm going to say Louisville. How about this? I'm going to say Louisville 42 to 10. I'm going big. That's fair. It's what it should be. It should be that. But I I can't, I can't like get myself there. I can't do it. Well, I'm there. So clearly (laughs) I'm a a bigger fan than you are because that's how 
we're going to the Gasparilla Bowl, baby. It's fucking happening. Um, in all seriousness, like I would, I don't even know how the bowl thing is gonna work. Like some bowl predictions are like Louisville's nowhere near. Some are like they're gonna take them because the ACC tie-in. Some like, some people are saying we're gonna play Kentucky, um, even if we're both like three and eight or something. I've got zero. Maybe we don't even play in a game. Maybe th- these bowl games don't even happen. Who the fuck knows at this point? <laughs> I, I'm just excited. We're I'm gonna watch Louisville beat Syracuse by 50 on Friday night. It's gonna it's gonna make me happy. That's all I need to sustain me. And if they lose, that's a, a promise. I will not pick them to beat Boston College or Wake Forest. It's, I, I, I can't do it again. Uh, any parting thoughts before we get out of here, Keith? No, I mean, I, I, I will point this out because I, I feel like I do have a tendency to come off negative sometimes. I generally love this staff, and I think they're good coaches. This is just a weird, awful, bad year where they can't get out of their way. And I do, like, I, I, I expect them to blow this team out. It's just that, like, for whatever reason, this season is so warped that it's like, yeah, I can just see them completely laying an egg against an awful team. So, yeah, just want to make sure I, I, I point that out. I'm not trying to come off as negative as I probably do. No, I think that's well said. Um, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the pod yet, please do so wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating. You can write us a review. We really appreciate all that good stuff. It helps us a lot. A lot. We're up to 546 ratings. Feeling pretty good. That's uh, pretty impressive for a team-specific college sports podcast, and that's because you guys are the best. So uh, we're going to talk to you guys next week, whether we win, whether we lose. If we do lose, my God, I can't even imagine what the pods are going to be like next week. But they're going to happen, and that's all that matters. So until we talk to you guys again next time, go Cards. Let's beat Syracuse. Let's win a fucking game. It's going to happen. It's happening. Go Cards. <laughs>